Welcome, folks, to the Voice of Truth radio show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, accompanied weekly by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. And on the Voice of Truth radio show, it's the only show in America where you'll experience the fusion of church and state. So on the Voice of Truth radio show, we'll be engaging in vigorous and robust discussion of culture, history, and current events, all from a biblical perspective, because that's the only perspective that matters. If you want to get a hold of us, Radio Voice of Truth at gmail.com, Radio Voice of Truth at gmail.com. Also, a podcast. We do podcast each show. So you can find that at Voice of Truth, uh, Voice of Truth Radio Show with Mike Azinger. Is that right, Tim? Okay, so Pastor, good. How's it going? I'm doing great. Good to see. You. Glad to be here with you again uh, this right. morning on a wintry, snowy morning. Yes, I put her in four wheel drive to get here. It was uh, <laughs> mush, mush. <laughs> it's cold out there and snowy, but it's it's also February, and this happens every year uh, here. You grew up in Iowa. I mean, you're new to the valley, uh, but you've been here a year. But you grew up probably in worse. Winter conditions than we have here, right? Yeah, this is like uh, Palm Beach compared to Iowa. <laughs> but you did just come from California, <laughs> That's right. so uh, you got a little soft out there, and we're we're here to, <laughs> to make you tough again. All right, so uh, we're going to talk. We got a great uh, a great show planned today. We're going to talk about socialism because uh, we have a generation or two coming behind us who are enamored with socialism, with communism, and I, I think they see the the uh, the smiley face that uh, that socialism puts on, but they don't see behind the mask. And uh, today we have the honor of a, a buddy of mine, a mutual friend of uh, Pastor Leversey and mine, uh, Dan Stevens. So Dan Stevens with us. He is the pastor at Bible Baptist Church in Parkersburg, and uh, he's a warrior. He's a soldier for the Lord. A lot of folks in the Middle Ohio Valley will know who he is, and he shows up at uh, city council meetings and uh, whatever it is, he's, he's in the battle. So, But uh, Pastor Dan has been in the uh, ministry the youth as a youth pastor and a pastor for 40 years. You don't look that old, Pastor Dan, but uh, I can't believe you uh, have been in the ministry that long. So uh, he's uh, also a history uh a student of history specializing in the Holocaust, 20th century, century uh, history, and you've taught before. Is that is that correct, Pastor Dan? Yeah, that's that's correct. I was a teacher off and on middle school and high school level, uh, particularly uh, Christian schools and some in public schools for uh, quite a number of years. So Pastor, uh, uh, Pastor Dan and I, we were doing coffee with a mutual friend of ours that that uh, we get together with from time to time. During election times, you, me, and Biggs, we call them Biggs, um, do coffee at Bob Evans regularly, but after after the election's over, that kind of uh, slows down a bit. But we were talking, and you brought up that you had done a study on socialism for your church, I believe. Is that is that correct? 
Well, yes, and I've responded uh, during this election cycle about uh, the growing concern of the enamoration of socialism. And um, I was um, a, uh, a child of the Cold War and um, known a lot of people who have come from uh, countries that are failed socialist states. And uh, so I have a, a working practical understanding of socialism, of the effects of it, as well as uh, done a lot of study on it. So good. So we have, uh, as I mentioned to uh, Pastor Brian here a minute ago, we have a whole country uh, of youth who are enamored by it, and in, it's, it's a failure on our generation for not having taught them about the evils of it. So we have uh, we have a large segment of our population, millennials, I think I saw were 52%, they're enamored by socialism and communism. Hey, that's a good idea. Uh, so tell us, you know, what what is socialism? Well, I think that uh, one of the things that, uh, by the way, I want to thank both of you for the privilege, and I feel humbled to be even asked to be on this, this program, but... Uh, um, and that's what we want to pursue is truth. Mm. And uh, a little levity here at uh, this is the first. I got a little joke for you. What did the socialists use before candles? What? What? What did the socialists use before candles? What did they use? Electricity. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's a good joke. You passed. I was thinking. I don't know, but you uh, uh, you knocked it out of the park. <laughs> you knocked it out of the park with that one, Pastor Dan. Um, well, I'll say, go ahead. To answer, answer your question, I think uh, one of the things that um, addressing our millennials and those that are enamored with socialism is it is important for us as pastors and as Christians, uh, that premise that would be in Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people perish for the lack of knowledge of me. And, of course, we know that all truth is God's truth, and uh, he expects us to be properly equipped, all things of faith and practice and uh, truth. Truly, there's some truthful knowledge. So what is socialism? And um, it is a form of economic or political theory that in, in practice, they advocate that ownership and administration of all the goods and services should be by a centralized government. Mm -hmm. In other words, they, what they're saying is that, and they operate by this philosophy, and that philosophy is that all forms of government are to be of the government, by the government, and for the government, which is totally antithetical to a democratic republic, which we have been for over 200 years, which advocates that all forms of government are to be of the people, by the people, and for the people. It does so indeed. That's, that's really a, a simple, but uh, a very practical definition of socialism. Uh, and it is. And, and I, I think, uh, and we talk about this on the show, every show we do, uh, Pastor Leversey and I, we we, all, we say, you know, everything you believe should have a biblical base to it. Mm. It should have a, big, a biblical foundation, and uh, uh, or or you're just talking humanism. Mm. So we want to know um, not not what I think is bad about socialism, not what Pastor Stevens or Pastor Leversey thinks bad about it, but what what God says about is bad about uh, socialism, and. Uh, uh, so, so that's a good point. So, Pastor Stevens, I'm curious. What, you know, obviously those are two diametrically opposed views. You know, the explanation of the government that we've enjoyed for, for over 200 years, in the freedom that we've had as Americans, and then the socialism, which, which really has been around long enough for us to see how that plays out in in other, in other countries. 
why does it get a foothold? What what is it about socialism that gets a stronghold in in a in a country or in a form of government? Well, I think that the part of the reason is that you see repeated over and over. Um, who was it? George Santana, Santana uh, wisely wrote. He wrote this in 1905. Those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat mm. it. And we find so many, first of all, the universities and uh, places of higher education are, uh, they're basically pawns of socialism, and they are indoctrinating, they're feeding these students this, and they're only giving them the positive aspect of it. It's all lies, um, and uh, that, that's what they're doing, is they're basically lying to them, telling them about the, its utopia, but the rationale, here's, here's the rationale of the socialists. Modern socialists believe that the world has become so complicated, and many of the uh, millennials believe this. In fact, um, AOC, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Nice tongue roll there. Wow. Very impressive. Very well done. we got to get an applause button for, <laughs> that for moments like joke, that. That was joke, Anyway, go ahead. We're... We had a congresswoman from, uh, from New York, as you yes. know, and she has actually verbalized. Oh, she's very bright, by the way. Very intelligent, uh, young lady. That <laughs> yes, was a joke. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, she's she's bought into it hook, line, and sinker. She has. But, uh, but she states, which is a a mantra by the socialists, that the world has become so complicated, so complex, mm. so globalized, mm-hmm. that regular citizens just can't manage things. So the socialists, they genuinely believe they naively believe that they are the guardians of society and that only they are really equipped to run things. Yes. Let me me give you an example, okay? In the United States, socialists believe it is imperative to nationalize health care, even more so than what it is. Since big insurance companies, and here's the reasoning, big insurance companies are nothing but greedy, um, filthy, corrupt institutions that are only interested in their investment dollars and their returns. And there are some of those, okay? We understand that. That's, uh, that's what happens sometimes. Mm-hmm. But there's checks and balances. But they see it as that, the, quote, the little people, that's us the citizens, just can't be trusted to make intelligent, informed decisions about their health care. And so they think they're the smartest people in the room. And uh, what, what really they want to do is they want to take away, they want to eliminate private property, and they want everything to be run by the state. Yes. And... So, you know, we'll get into that. If I assume that we'll get into that because there are there are some pretty clear principles of how that, that uh, socialism is is not compatible with biblical Christianity. Uh, the sad thing is, is that there are many, quote, and I put Christian in parentheses because Jesus spoke about those who profess but do not possess, but there are many Christians who are... More interested in socialism or a social gospel than they are in really the kingdom, and we're talking about the, the true kingdom of Jesus Christ, the gospel, and the truth of God's word, and staying firm to that. Yeah. And of course, Jesus spoke about apostasy and mm-hmm. that there would be a, a falling away, and uh, so you see people enamored with throwing aside saying the scripture. Well, you know, the scripture's a little hard, or you know, that was good for then, but it's not good for now, and. Uh, it, it is shocking to see evangelical leaders actually jettisoning 
truth yes. for hmm. uh, for that which is convenient. Absolutely, things. it's it's insane to watch. Um, uh, you, 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 this this whole woke culture is infesting the church, the the uh, just the whole entire culture. Yeah, do you find, Pastor Dan, that there's a form of false virtue in all of this, and and that's kind of the hook. You know, they they position this as it's some kind of godly ideal, but really, socialism only takes root in the absence of God. That's yeah. why they remove God from the schools. That's where we, they remove our history, our true history. <laughs> from the the textbooks and don't focus on, you know, really the documentation and the founding fathers and what they had to say about the Bible and scripture and God. Uh, Is that, is that really the hook right there is there's this, this almost fake virtue. I I think uh, we call it virtue signaling today. And then that's followed up with cancel culture. So you can't know anything that's true. And then that lays the groundwork for people to be enamored with this, this false virtuous idea of socialism. Yeah, I agree with you completely because um, basically socialism is no friend to evangelical church, Mm. none. Religious liberties are some of the first to be jettisoned in a socialist state because here's here's the problem. Well, they have to be God. The government has to be God. So if they need to be God, they got to get rid of God. Exactly, because the government demands total allegiance, and there is no room for allegiance to Jesus Christ. Look at China, um, the People's Republic of China. Uh, They are crushing any kind of religious group, not only just Christians, but any group that would state that their religion or that Jesus Christ is first, and they pledge allegiance to him. And um, uh, so they, it, they're totally against each other. In fact, that's, that's one of the steps in becoming a socialist state, is that they would have to deal with religion. And uh, socialism, they never come right out and say they're going to remove the belief in God, but they do limit and control because they want to make sure that it promotes the government rather than speak a voice mm. of truth speaking out against. And uh, there's 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 no example, Pastor Dan. There's no example in history of where socialism and com- communism became the uh, the government uh, governing principle of a of a government where freedom of speech and religion weren't uh, weren't shoved aside it happens uh, it's an it's axiomatic it happens every time because it has to because socialism and communism are purely and centrally atheistic they do not they 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 are unbiblical and so on let me just read and uh, we're on your this is the uh, voice of truth radio show we got pastor Dan Stevens from Bible Baptist Church in Parkersburg, talking about socialism and communism. The Declaration of Independence uh, is, I uh, used the word antithetical earlier, is antithetical to, to socialism and communism. First it says, all men are created equal. Let, let me, first, first of all, you remember, you remember the, uh, when Jesus healed the, the eyes of the blind man, he said, I, we see men as, I see men as trees walking. And I think that's what socialism is. They see men as trees walking they're just trees that people don't matter but the, but um, America was founded on the principle that all men uh, every individual is created equally and we have the right to pursue life liberty and happiness and property and that governments are instituted among men to protect protect these rights that's what the declaration was that's what the uh the uh, Constitution, uh, the the uh, uh, logical um, 
governing governing uh, document that came from the Declaration of Independence. Right. But but socialism is 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 groupthink. It's it's about the group. It doesn't care about the individual. Right. Right. In fact, um, you know, a case in point is uh, let's go back even to the Pilgrims when they came. Now, not all of them were pilgrims on there when they did the Make Power Compact. But what people don't realize is they tried socialism to begin with. They uh, did. Bradford, who was the governor, and they realized it was a, a major disaster. They couldn't get people to work. And so they realized that uh, there was going to be the virtue of work. If you didn't work, you didn't eat. And it was, uh, it, and so it caused those that were more affluent that came, but they had to. Uh, the expression they had to get up off their duffs and they had to actually work right and they had to participate and it was uh even in the midst of the the laws that we we talk about and they throw around loosely but the rule of law the rule of law if you look at it and you study it i think it's uh blackburn's um uh all the uh the treatises that he did on law which is a, really a great study in understanding the uh, the foundation of our laws in our, our nation is the fact that the individual was important, the virtue of the individual. Whereas socialism is totally opposite to that. It's the virtue of the state. The state is everything. So when you think about the realities of socialism, uh, it, it, socialism is all the same, regardless of the label. And I know that people will argue with me on it, but you, you just read the facts. Read the facts, the unaltered narratives that people give today. That's a very operative word today. My truth is my truth, and you can't debate mm. that because that's my narrative. Yes, right. But socialism is all the same, regardless of the label. Whether you are a nationalist socialist or a so- Soviet socialist or an open society socialist, such as the George Soros Society, communism, by the way, is a hard left brand of socialism, but mm-hmm. still socialism. So rather than empowering the common man, socialists believe in empowering bureaucracy. In their mind, bureaucrats will always make the best decisions based on science and good reason. Now, that's an important phrase that I just Mm. used there. Follow the science. Word that phrase by our present administration. (laughs) We're going to make decisions based on good science Mm -hmm. and good reason. That is a socialist mantra. They make sure their decisions are implemented and they enforce them as they as they think efficiently, it's a, yeah. It, um, it's it's elitist. It plays to the to the ego of the intellectual, and it's a, it's a movement uh, created by intellectuals like Karl Marx, who was. And we'll get into this hopefully a little bit after after the break. We're going to take a quick break. This is the Voice of Truth radio show you're listening to. We have uh, the honor of uh, our, uh, having our guest. Uh, Pastor Dan Stevens from Bible Baptist Church in Parksburg. We're talking about socialism. We'll talk a little bit about communism. Communism is uh, socialism with a gun, mm-hmm. as somebody said, and I think it's a great explanation. But uh, stay tuned. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. Mike Azinger, State Senator from Wood County, accompanied by my host, co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. And uh, this is the Voice of Truth radio show, where we uh, enjoy the fusion of church and state. We, we think that 
that God should be in government too, don't we? We uh, do, Pastor. Not just yeah. the church. He ordained it, so he might as well have some things to say about it. Exactly. I, right? <laughs> I think he's Lord of the Harvest. Right? Uh, we have the honor of of uh, having with this Pastor Dan Stevens, a friend, uh, mutual friend of Pastor Loverseas of mine, and uh, he pastors at Bible Baptist Church in Parkersburg. And if it, I, I said once after breakfast. Uh, pastor Dan, I said, if every county in the country had a Pastor Dan Stevens, everything would be cool. <laughs> because uh, you're involved, you're at, uh, you're involved in the government. You you fight uh, SOGI ordinances, these uh, uh, sexual orientation, gender identity ordinances that are um, they're just heavy-handed, tyrannical, and unbiblical. But I appreciate what you do and. Uh, Welcome, welcome uh, aboard, and this, we're into our second segment, we're talking about socialism, and uh, we're going to talk about some about communism too, but uh, you wanted to finish your point on, on just some of the realities of socialism, uh, Pastor Dan. Yeah, and then let me just uh, clarify the fact that I'm just a servant, just like each of you guys, and um, everybody has a responsibility for the Lord, and uh, I give the honor and glory to the Lord. I just answer to what the Lord wants me to do to help in the, in the community. So it's not me. It's the Lord working through it. So um, I'm nothing special, uh, but I am obedient. And that's, that's, that's what's important for all of us as believers. But yeah, I just uh, wanted to uh, add that um, as we were talking about socialism and socialists, is that um, uh, one of the things that uh, is important to mention is that socialists they basically want to distribute wealth to individuals according to their need, regardless of virtue. And we were talking and touching a little bit about Karl Marx, but he famously said this, from each according to his ability to each according to his needs. And we've heard that before, and the Obama administration repeated that over and over. <coughs> However, whenever any institution provides aid, it runs the risk of removing God's design rewards and consequences. It can punish those who are industrious by making them pay for those who are not. Consequently, in the Soviet Union, for instance, when they, in the midst of that, people stopped working. They didn't care because why should they work? And it, it re, because it rewarded those who are aren't industrious by giving them the fruits of another man's labor. And so, this is exactly what socialism does. Interesting enough is that Marx mooched off others his whole life, and he failed to provide for his own wife and children. Many people don't realize that. He in was fact, he uh, was King Mooch for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and, and uh, the Greek, Greek uh, uh, philosopher Aristotle once noted this, men start revolutionary changes for reasons connected with their private lives. And so the Bible teaches that aid should be tied to responsibility. First, anyone who refuses to work should re- be refused aid. Uh, in other words, 2 Thessalonians 3.10 says, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. So there's lots of scripture that backs up concerning that. But um, that's and, and that, that, that's a good point about Marx, because uh, he 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 didn't invent socialism, but he he took it to a level worldwide uh, that that no one previously had done. Paul Johnson, who's a, a great historian, I'm, I'm, I've got a book in front of me called Intellectuals. And he does many, uh, like a small biography on the great intellectuals, quote unquote, great intellectuals of the time. He talks about Karl Marx. And he said Marx had more impact on actual events as well as on the minds of men and women than any other intellectual in modern times. This is how powerful Marx was. 
Marx was a hateful man. He was a bitter, hateful man. He was awful with money. Like you said, he mooched from his friends. Engels, uh, Engels basically uh, uh, supported him half of his life. His poor wife, who was a, a, a next-door gal, pretty little gal, he married her and, and uh, just put her through hell. But uh, and Marx was a poet. He was an interesting guy in a lot of ways. Uh, but he was a poet. Now, let me just give a few things on what he wrote his poetry on. Um, Paul Johnson says a characteristic note of his verse was this, intense pessimism about the human condition, hatred, corruption, violence, suicide pacts. Interestingly, two of his daughters died uh, by suicide. Hmm. One of them with a suicide pact, and the other one possibly with that. And then his poetry also involved pacts with the devil, P-A-C-T-S, pacts with the devil. And this was, uh, this was an evil man, and, and Marxism uh, is an expression of his, of his evil. He, you, could, you could read his hatred in his, and uh, uh, just his rebellion in his works um, that, uh, that he wrote about, and you can see it played out in Marxist governments that uh, that took on the the uh, the communist uh, philosophy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And uh, I got other two other works that I could quote that people who are listening might want to look into. The first one is a masterful work by a guy by the name of F. A. Hayek. It's H. A. Y. E. K. He's a Nobel laureate. Mm. He wrote a book called The Road to Serfdom. And in there, he goes into great detail about democratic socialism, and particularly about Karl Marx. And he debunks the utopian dream of democratic socialism as unachievable. And why? Here's the basic summary. Because it is based on fatal conceit that a galaxy of bureaucrats can collect, analyze, and direct the individual actions of millions of other people. Right. <laughs> a galaxy of bureaucrats. That that phrase gives chills uh, right up the old yeah. spot. But, uh, you know, Thomas More was one of the original socialists, and he came up with the idea of utopia. He wrote a, a book or a paper on utopia, which was an imaginary island where there was no money, no private property, and everyone will, would live communally and mm. like they did in the 60s. The problem with socialism and communism is that it is uh, it's contrary to human nature, hmm. right? We're, we're, God made us to to uh, to react to award rewards. You know, God says, "Do this, and I'll bless you. Do this, and I bless you. Don't do that, and I won't." So I'm not going to go out and and uh, work hard for for another another family. When when someone else is going to get my my the the work of my hands and no neither is uh, anyone else going to do that. Yeah, and you know I think that Christians have to be particularly careful about these philosophies. I, I find that Christians get sucked into it so much because they have a false identity that we can create a heaven here on earth. You know, we get so enamored with heaven. It's been said that sometimes we are so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good and. We kind of try to build heaven here on earth, and we think, wow, this this might be a conduit for that. I mean, look at the book of Acts. Look at in Acts chapter number two where people are getting saved. 3,000 are saved on one day, and they all came together, and it said they had all things in common, and they were helping each other out, and, and that's why this is going to work, and it's going to be great. But the problem is is that 
Earth is never going to be like heaven. Jesus even yeah. said, the poor you will always have with you. A broken, sinful world cannot recreate itself and its own sinfulness and selfishness to be like heaven. Now, I'm glad heaven's coming. I'm glad we have the promise of heaven. And we certainly, as citizens of heaven, can be ambassadors of heaven here on earth, being kind and loving and generous and forgiving. Right. But we cannot control people's behavior just like God doesn't control people's behavior. He gave us free will. I mean, the God of the universe who spoke all things into yeah. existence right. doesn't operate like a bureaucrat, right? And so <laughs> we as Christians, to give ourselves over to bureaucrats and think, wow, they're going to they're gonna give us a plan where we can have heaven on earth, is just antithetical to all of Scripture and what it teaches. I think that's a great point. And that, that's, that's important, Pastor Leversey. That is awesome. That, that's exactly right. Get the nail on the head because of the fact of human depravity and the fact that uh, even God, throughout his word, he uh, constantly spoke about uh, prohibitions against moving the ancient landmarks, mm, in other words, mm-hmm. people's properties. He talked about the importance of protecting other people's rights, personal rights, mm. uh, of not offending others, uh, things like that. And, uh, uh, and again, as we've already talked about, reward. But Another guy who is an excellent author, he wrote back in March of 2020 in Forbes magazine. His name is Rainier Zettelman, Z-I-T-E-L-M-A-N-N. And he wrote basically this. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but he said uh, uh, his, the title of his work is Socialism, the Failed Idea That Never Dies. Hmm. And so it goes back to what you said, Pastor Leverty. What, what is the... What is the what is the draw? Why do people keep going back to this when we have seen throughout history? Um, I remember I was at the Cedar Point several years ago, and there was uh, I was standing in line with our youth group and and uh, waiting to get a burger, I think it was. And there was a, there was a teenager in front of me, not part of our group, and he wore a T-shirt that had hammer and sickle on it. And I I normally don't you know <laughs> say too much about other people's things, but I I was I was offended. I said, I cannot believe that you're wearing that. Do you understand what that is? And he looked at me and he said, oh, were you in the war? I said, yeah, a war you don't know about, I guess. It's called the Cold War. And let me explain to you what that represents. And the kid kind of with deer caught in the headlights, <laughs> I put, had no idea what was happening. But I was, you know, and it just like going in one ear and out the other. But mm. here's, here's the failed histories, failed histories of socialism. It always ends in tyranny. Mm-hmm. Socialism always points to the corrupt dealings of capitalism. They always, even Karl Marx did. And there are, there are indeed, but socialism is rife with its own bureaucratic leaders whose real goal is always lust for power and control. Mm-hmm. Um, and why? Because of the sin nature, the depravity mm-hmm. of man. The Union of Socialist Republics was a failed socialist state, and it ended with yeah. tyranny. Well, and it promises that it's going to be for the people. I mean, even, Mike, you were saying just a little bit earlier, you are saying it's like groupthink. But this is the problem. It's not really groupthink. It's conditioned groupthink. In other words, Absolutely. they take over the schools, they tell you what to think, and then they make you believe that you're coming up with your own ideas about what to think mm. so that they can put themselves in power. I mean, why else has socialism slash communism been the cradle for dictators and fascists and so on throughout all of its entire history? I mean, it's it, it, it promotes – and that's why they've come into our schools and have taken over our schools is because they're producing their own group think that keeps them in power. And I think that kid at uh, Cedar Point – with a hammer and sickle on his T-shirt. Look, when I was growing up, 
No one, no kid my age would be caught dead no with a T-shirt like that. And that oh, shows no. you. My Karate Kid shirt would have chopped up his <laughs> sickle shirt. Yeah. I, I don't yeah, know if you yeah. should admit you had a Karate <laughs> Kid. Actually, it's a good movie, good ending because the kid wins. But Sweep uh, the leg. <laughs> what, <laughs> what, you know, there are 40 countries that have tried socialist systems of government, and all of them have failed. In fact, a lot of people don't realize that there were three countries that tried socialism but ultimately rejected it and are successful today. Those three countries are Israel, India, and the United Kingdom. Hmm. And uh, a lot of people don't know that. But consider this. Uh, again, uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez points to Venezuela as, as something that success of, of, uh, of socialism. And I thought, does she, does she really understand reality? Uh, what kind of narrative is she un- trying to put across? All you have to do is just interview a person from Venezuela. Hmm. It was once a prosperous Latin American country, and after 20 years of socialism, it is bankrupt. There is nationwide. Yep. They're, they're eating food out of garbage trucks. Yep. I served with a senator, uh, Patricia Rucker, whose family came from there, and she talks about how prosperous Venezuela was. Socialism destroys everywhere it goes. It's... Uh, it's it's the natural the, the natural uh, philosophy that you come to if if you reject God if you want to, Michael Ferris who's a, an attorney uh, he's a uh, big in the homeschool movement started um, Patrick Henry College which is a uh, college for homeschoolers and he had a post on Facebook that was really good on on. Uh, on the evils of Marxism. But he made this statement that, that caught my attention. He said, if you reject God and you seek to solve uh, poverty and war, because we all know intuitively inside of us that there's something wrong. Everybody want, needs to mm-hmm. understand something needs to be fixed because something's broken. He said, if you reject God and you seek to solve poverty and war, your mind leads you to Marxism. You start off with good intentions, but inevitably, Marxism requires coercion, and coercion requires violence. Yeah. That's why there were 100 million people slaughtered in the 20th century by communist regimes. Mao Zedong uh, slaughtered 60 million. Lenin and Stalin uh, slaughtered 20 million, probably more, and then all these satellites— uh, communism is a bloody religion, is what it is. It is yeah. religion of man. It is red in tooth and claw, to borrow a phrase. And uh, uh, it, you can you can have socialism and communism if you want, but you better understand uh, the consequences and the fruits of of this evil philosophy because it is axiomatic. It happens every mm-hmm. time, and there's always blood somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it, they eat their own. Yeah, I mean, you see that in North Korea displayed all the time. But those that are faithful and serve, and then all of a sudden you do one offense, and you're you're putting a stadium and, and an anti-aircraft gun is used on you in front of all the people to bring fear. But I guess that uh, you know one of the things I want to zero in on is that it is the, for the person sitting out there listening to us. So is socialism compatible with Christianity? Absolutely not, because in a short statement, it eliminates private property, it confiscates personal property, and uh, which is a basic protection, which we talked about throughout Scripture. So 
here are, here are some five points that socialism um, is totally antithetical to Christianity. First, number one, is socialism is based on a materialistic worldview. Hey, Pastor Dan, let's let's take a quick break before we get into this, because uh, okay. what's coming up, I think, is going to be uh, really good, and uh, we'll just we'll take a quick break. You're listening to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversey. We have with us our guest, Pastor Dan Stevens, uh, pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Parkersburg. We're talking about socialism and communism, and uh, we're here to expose the uh, its evils, and uh, there are plenty of those. So we'll be back right after this. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Azinger, with my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversee, pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church. We have with us today, Pastor Dan Stevens. I'm surrounded by pastors. I get nervous when I'm around these uh, these holy guys here. They're, uh, they start staring at me. If you just me. repent, you'd enjoy yourself. Okay. <laughs> I thought about we're just, it. We're just keep it straight there, Brother Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we, got, uh, uh, we were talking before the break. About uh, you were you were leading in, Pastor Dan, into um, the uh, just some some um, of the of the biblical views of, of socialism. I believe is where you want to go, but I, but I interrupted you. So why don't you uh, why don't you finish your thoughts there? Okay, let, let me uh, let me preface it by this: is that let me give you a term. It's called normalcy bias. And normalcy bias is in psychology, and it basically is a thought of. Uh, when impending danger or doom is coming, uh, the people deny it. And then they deliberate about it for a long time, and, be, and, and basically they're overtaken by it. 70% of people, when they're faced by something, uh, evidences or warnings of an impending doom, they, they think this. It can't possibly be that bad. And I think that we need to warn Christians, and by this radio uh, program is exactly doing that, telling them the truth that they need to be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. And let me give you an example of the normality bias. The Jews of Europe during the Holocaust, many of them just could not believe that a sophisticated state and civilization of people could really do what they did. In fact, when the stories were coming out about the, the concentration camps and about the extermination of the Jews, they denied it. They could not believe that that was actually happening. Some of them, even to the place of going into the gas chambers, they could not believe that it was really that bad. Wow. Hmm. And, and now, there have been studies done on this, this normality bias. Seventy percent of people, when they're faced by that impending doom, they believe that that very thing. For instance, uh, Hurricane Katrina, there was a study done on that, that 70 percent of people did not heed the warnings because they could not believe that it was really going to be that bad. Hmm. And I think that there is a sense in Christendom, especially evangelical Christians and people in America, it's been so good for so long in America, they're thinking, it can't possibly be that bad. I definitely think that's true. And so here is what's important to equip Christians that are serious about following Jesus Christ. They need to understand that socialism is no friend of the evangelical church. The religious liberties will be some of the first to be jettisoned yep. in a social state. And here, here are the five things that are uh, totally opposite to biblical Christianity. And I say biblical Christianity because 
as Pastor Leversey said earlier in our discussion, uh, there is a kingdom now mentality. Let's bring the kingdom now. And that's just, that's not biblical, actually. Mm. But here, number one, socialism is based on a materialistic worldview. Uh, in other words, that uh, everything is based on what we have here, rather than uh, setting aside treasure in heaven, as Jesus instructed us in Matthew chapter 6. Number two, socialism punishes virtue. Well, what is mm. virtue? Moral excellence. And then, right on the heels of that, socialism endorses stealing, forcibly making people give up what's theirs. Um, remember the famous statement made by a president: "You didn't, you, you didn't, you didn't, uh, you didn't get there you by didn't, yourself. You didn't build you that. By yourself, you owe it to other people." Well, uh, no, there's actually people that are rewarded for their hard work. Number four. Socialism encourages envy in class warfare. Have we not seen that already? Mm. Being indoctrinated. And here's the thing that is important for us as Christians also to see, not that these others aren't, but socialism seeks to destroy marriage and family. The state is to replace the family. Back during the Clinton administration, Hillary Clinton said this, it takes a village to raise Mm -hmm. a child. That is a socialistic teaching, and by her training, by the way, she was trained under the same people that Barack Obama was, and uh, some of the same people that George Soros supports in the Open Society, which is a socialistic uh, desire for a one-world society. So it is to replace the family. So it is the state that is most important, not the individual. And uh, so, in fact, I think that we need to understand fewer and fewer of those that are young understand that socialism is a grandiose lie that leads to oppression. Mm-hmm. And how do they create a socialist state? Here's the reality. Wake up to the normalcy bias and say, hey, listen, it is bad. Here's eight levels of control. They've stated it themselves, and here they are. Number one, health care. Control health care, and you control the people. Mm-hmm. Number two, poverty. Increase the poverty level as high as possible Poor people are easier to control and will not fight back if you're providing everything for them. Yeah. Debt. Increase the debt to an unsustainable level that you're un, uh, that way that you're unable to inc- you're able to increase taxes and will produce more poverty. I talked to a, a congressman who no longer is a congressman in Ohio. He went there. He was a businessman. He established his own businesses, and he said. I ran for office because I thought, okay, I'm a businessman. I know I want to get this country back under control. I went to my uh, went to Congress. I was sitting waiting for the first um, committee meeting that I was supposed to be there. They told me it started at 10 o'clock. I was there at 9.30. I had my coffee, had my briefcase, had my notes and everything. It got to be 10.20, 10.30. Finally, somebody shows up and he says, hey, you know, I, you know, I'm used to schedules and getting things organized and, you know, we're prompt on schedule. And they looked at him and said, you're new here. You'll learn. Mm-hmm. That we run things the way we want. We need to want to. And the point was is the fact that he said that he realized that the politicians that are in Washington are there just to enrich themselves and that the debt is worse than what mm-hmm. we even say. Here's another one is gun control. Number four, remove the ability to defend themselves from the government. That way you are able to create a police state. I could spend a whole hour talking to you about different things that they're already attempting from the Biden administration. Welfare, take control of every aspect, food, housing, income, other lives, because that will make them fully dependent on the government. Education, take control of what people read, listen, and take control of what children learn in school. 
religion. Remove or at least limit and control so that it promotes the government. Remove, remove the belief in God and from the government and the schools because the people need to believe in only the government knowing the best for the people. And then we've already met, referred to this one, but number eight is class warfare. Divide the people into wealthy and poor, eliminate the middle class, and this will cause more discontent, and it will be easier to tax the rich with the support of the poor. By the way, six of those that I've already referred to have already been hotly Oh, yeah, sure. Pa- Pastor Dan, I, and I don't want to—I only want to dig into this as far as, as you would like to. Um, I, I, I deal with some of the th- same things you do as a pastor, and, and I know that this is sensitive territory, so, so whatever you're comfortable with, but— as you're as you're reading these these elements of control, these elements of, of kind of that type of takeover, uh, how far along do you think this coronavirus has pushed us down the road to accepting these things at lightning speed? And and I and I get it, and and I I want to make sure that I I'm clear that I'm not minimizing the fact that there's sickness and stuff that's going on. I I totally understand that. But isn't there an aspect of this, too, that by the time we all come out of our houses uh, and try to open up our businesses, that a lot of these eight steps are already going to have taken place, if we're not careful? Absolutely. Yeah, there, there's so much, and we, we don't have time to cover that, but there is so much evidence, and it's all, every time you mention it, anytime you refer to it, if you refer to it on social media, it's taken down. But there are thinking people that are out there, they're saying, look, this is worse than what we imagined, or... Our liberties are being taken away, and it's all by design. This is is no mistake that the groups such as the World Health Organization, the research laboratories in Wuhan, the doctors, the Chinese connection with the Biden, and all of these other things, there are so many dots that you could connect. If it's a thinking person, you realize this is an orchestrated effort to, to take away our liberties. So the United States will be a pawn. Uh, if you were to look just at the debt that we owe to communist China, if they were to call in our debt, we'd be done. Hmm. Yeah, but we, we can also look at, say, look, uh, you gave us the Wuhan virus. We're going to call it even. You <laughs> you cost us billions of dollars. Uh, let's just call it. Let's just call it even. And the debt is the debt's never going to be paid back. These trillions of dollars, these checks that we're all getting, we're, we're being conditioned for yeah. socialism because that's. That's what that is, and uh, and we're uh, in such self-preservation mode right now. I mean, everybody's like, okay, I'm not going to think about this. I'm not going to deal with this. I got to deal with my health right now, and I get it. I mean, and people got no, sick, but no, nobody is, is think is saying, look, uh, you, you bring this up, and people look at you like uh, a calf at a new gate. Yeah. Uh, what about the Constitution? Right. You, I, I have a right to life, liberty, and property. That's right. a Fifth Amendment, Fourteenth Amendment right. Nobody's talking about the Constitution no. because nobody's been nobody's been taught like that Pastor for years. Dan and years. said, if you can put fear in people, then they're you, you take away their financial freedom, you you put fear in them, you close down their businesses, and you you provide the only option for them to eat, which are these checks. They're starting to to kind of nursemaid us onto this program here. Hey, we'll supply it, and when you're when you're afraid, and we tell you to stay home. We tell you to shut down your businesses. We'll send you a check. Don't worry about it. We're here for you. And and, and, and we're your God. And we're and your that, God. And that's what it yeah. and that's what it is, is all about. We're out of time uh, on the Voice of Truth radio show. And it's been an honor to have you, Pastor Dan Stevens of Bible Baptist Church in, in Parkersburg. Uh, if I don't know if you want to give a, a quick final thought before we take yeah, off. I, I, first I want to thank both of you gentlemen and thank you for um, 
the Voice of Truth Radio, uh, it, it, it's desperately needed, and I pray that there are a lot of folks that will listen. It's a final thought is the fact that in we've reread the book, we know who wins in the end, mm. and one of the things that's important that we understand as Christians is that this is a conditioning that will prepare people for a one-world government, where mm. the Antichrist will take over. And you can see it set up, as long as you feed me, as long as you clothe me, as long as you put a roof over my head, I'll do whatever you say. And that is set up for Revelation 13, and they took the, the mark of the beast, and they ascribed worthy uh, and worship to that beast, and uh, it's a sad, sad thing. So that's why we as Christians not only need to be equipped this way, but we need to get out there and share the gospel, the truth, that there is a hope beyond uh, what this what this world mm. and without the mark of the beast you can't buy or sell so yeah. maybe we're being conditioned for that too i'm not an eschatologist is that the right word hey, you did good on thank that you. thank you very i much. mean i watched you sound it out in your mind last night <laughs> all right pastor dan stevens thank you brother for coming on we thank you great pastor time. dan enjoyed it very much phenomenal information and uh, we'll uh, we'll have you on again. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Thanks for tuning in. We're going to have a quick wrap-up after the break hmm. with uh, Pastor Leversey and Mike Azinger. We'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back. To the Voice of Truth radio show, I'm Mike Azinger with my co-host, uh, Pastor Brian Leversey. Thanks for tuning in. We just had a, uh, a very interesting conversation, uh, Pastor, with uh, another pastor in the area, Dan Stevens, pastor of Bible Baptist Church. We talked about socialism mm. and communism. We talked about what's wrong with it inherently and biblically, too. Such a needed conversation as well. I mean, I think we're on the cusp of it today, of, of relinquishing our freedoms for the pseudo-virtue that communism and socialism promotes. And uh, we, we just we just saw how dangerous that is, and people need to, to know that. Right. So what is it about a, ph- a philosophy? I read uh, several books on, on Islam, and, and here's a guy uh, that uh, got the Koran from some spirit in a cave. He spent time mm. in a cave, and some spirit talked to him. Um, and then you have Karl Marx. We talked about Karl Marx, who was lazy, unkempt, dirty, smelled bad, but a, a huge intellect mm. and uh, just a force of nature in a lot of ways. Uh, but but th- there's really no reason, humanly speaking, why he would be successful because he was so lazy and so unorganized. Even his writings were were as disheveled as his hair. Mm. I mean, they were just all <laughs> over the place. But but somehow they took off. Why is that? Well, I think there's something way more sinister behind all of this. And, and we don't think about it, especially, you know, that's why I kind of like our show. It's the fusion of, of church and state. We yeah. don't think it, we're almost programmed not to think of those two things together, yes, you right. know. And I think there's a, a little bit of a reason behind that. And I think that mm, these influences of philosophies point. and stuff really are generated from what we understand as Christians to be a spiritual warfare, you know, uh, control over men. Mm. is really what the devil's about. Yeah. He he wants to ensnare them and entrap them and pull them away from the truths of their creator. And, you know, I, I think if you look at false religions, it's maybe easier for us to say, well, there might be demonic influence associated with that. You mentioned, you know, um, 
uh, Muslims and, and, and the teachings of Muhammad and the Quran and, and, and the influence there of the spirit that came. And you, you think of the same thing in Mormonism, how there was these angels that gave these tablets. Yeah. And all of this is very spiritually connected. And, and the Bible tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But I think right. the same thing happens with governmental philosophies. I mean, our philosophies come from somewhere. The mm-hmm. governing of people... The, the making of laws, the enforcing of laws, this all is generated from some kind of moral, uh, you know, platitude. Mm. And where are you getting that from? Where are you getting your truth from? Somewhere. Somewhere. And uh, a lot of these, we see it in Scripture. We see where it talks about certain regions of government being the seat of Satan. We're, we're learning that in Revelation right now at church where mm. we're talking about the seven churches of Asia. You see it in particular leaders where the Bible says that that particular king or that particular ruler of that nation had an evil spirit. Even Saul at one point had an evil spirit that was controlling Mm. him. And so I think a lot of this comes from a demon possession, demon oppression for sure, but demonic influence that perpetuates these very dangerous, very dangerous philosophies. Yeah, we we talked about uh, Karl Marx. Um, a great book that I mentioned earlier called uh, Intellectuals by a guy named Paul Johnson who, who uh, he, he, he does these small biographies and slays these, these great grandiose intellectuals who had these big ideas that were ungodly and, and in their own lives were selfish mm. and, and manipulated people. And Marx, Marx was like that. Marx was a, a huge intellect. Both his grandfathers were rabbis. He was... He was hmm. Jewish, uh, of of a, a, a phenomenal heritage, a a big brain. I mean, just smart, a great writer in in many respects. Uh, he was uh, supposedly very funny. That's how what saved his uh, his relationships in a lot of ways because he's always destroying a relationship. Uh, but he was he was very funny. But uh, but he was also. Uh, he, he, he had he, four aspects of his character that Paul Johnson talks about in his book, Intellectuals. He said he had a taste for violence. Hmm. You see that in Marxism. You see that in the countries that, that acquire the Marxist dogma. Violence. Hmm. That, was, that was Marx. He was violent. He had an appetite for power. He had an inability, a horrible inability. His whole life, he was looking for somebody to hand, for a handout. He hmm. could not handle money. Uh, uh, worse than that, he just was was greedy and lazy, uh, and above all, he had a tendency to exploit those around him. So, in his poet, he was a poet. In his poetry, uh, I mentioned this earlier in the show, but uh, he he had a fascination and talked about suicide packs and packs with the devil. Mm-hmm. Who talks about that? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah. I, I talk about what's in my heart, yeah. good or bad, and everybody does, and. Uh, Marx talked about pacts with the devil. Well, where are we already at in America? We're, we're murdering babies by the millions. Mm. Who does that? Yeah. People who are saturated with an influence and a philosophy that comes from the pit of hell. I mean, this is... Th- yes. I mean, we, people talk to me about this a lot. I'm a pastor, and so they're like, hey, have you ever seen a demon? Have you ever seen someone who's <laughs> demon-possessed? Have you ever... Right. And they're expecting this, like, Hollywood, you know, somebody's head spinning yeah. around yeah. and projectile vomiting and all this kind of nonsense and this floating around and... <laughs> 
And uh, I've talked with missionaries. They've seen some pretty crazy things on mm. a foreign field where the devil knows that superstition, you know, kind of like in the Bible times in some of these villages where demonic activity would would really manifest itself with some of these strange behaviors, the, yes. the maniac of Gadara cutting yeah. himself and having this strange power where he could break chains. But I think the devil far prefers to work through an intellectual level. I mm. think he prefers the phrase, follow the science. Mm. I think he prefers people minimizing life and calling a baby a fetus and murdering them by the millions. I mean, to me, that is a more insidious, demonic influence yes. than anything Hollywood could put you know, out that, there. That's funny you brought that up. The first time we, we uh, ever sat down to break bread together at Cheddar's, <laughs> I asked you that. I, I brought up mm. the maniac of Gadara, and you mm. said, uh, and you helped me with that distinction that that demons don't always manifest themselves in the same way like the maniac of Gadara. And mm. I think you mentioned that the Antichrist will be uh, will will be very uh, well thought out. His life mm-hmm. will be in order in terms of you know, he won't be a madman, mm-hmm. right? He'll probably be funny. <laughs> probably be fun, right? And Judas, Judas, when the devil himself entered Judas, he yeah. didn't start rolling around on the no. ground and foaming at the mouth. He betrayed Jesus yeah. Christ very effectively. So. Um, anyway, so we're going to uh, we're done for, we're done for today on Voice of Truth Radio Show, but we're going to be addressing the the uh, manifestations, uh, the logical progresses uh, of of Marxism, hmm. and how what we see today um, from the fruits of Marxism, like cancel culture, and on these universities where where the freedom of speech is being being suffocated by Marxist type uh, philosophies. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna do, do that in, in the coming weeks, and we want you to to uh, tune in and join us. Thanks, Pastor Leversey, for another uh, fun show, and pa- thanks to Pastor Dan Stevens for joining us. We're done for today. This is the Voice of Truth Radio Show with State Senator Mike Azinger, your co-host Brian Leversey. By the way, you can email us at uh, Voice of Truth. I forget I don't have it in front of me. Don't email us. Just pull up the podcast, Voice of Truth Radio Show uh, with Mike Azinger is is where you can find that. So, all right, folks, have a great week. We'll talk to you uh, next Thursday, 5 o'clock. Tune in. Also Saturday at 3 o'clock. And uh, have a great day. I will choose to listen in.